and welcome to the Social Disease Podcast. I'm Bridget. And I'm Jasper. And today we are wrapping up season 14. I can't believe it. Thank God. (laughs) Jasper feels some type of way. No, season 14 is the worst Degrassi season, in my opinion. It's definitely not great. I don't even remember if I've already said that, like, I like this season. Like, season 13 surprised me. I was like, oh, this is, like, not the worst. But this season is not it. No. Between, like, the Captain Who shit. The only thing that was good was the Maya and Zig get together. And I will stand by that. Like, I think I mentioned this. Whoever we did in the first season 14 episode, like, Maya, Zig, Miles, that was the only part of the season I enjoyed. Absolutely, me too. Like, no interest in revisiting any of the other characters. (laughs) Except this was full of drama, the one we're going to talk about today. So I think it's pretty telling that we're wrapping up with literally all the seniors, because I feel like usually we would split up the seniors because there's so many of them. But literally the only ones who really do anything of note are Claire, Becky, and Imogen. (laughs) Yeah, Degrassi did an ultimate ghosting of like Allie, Jenna, Who am I forgetting? Connor. Like, we don't even see them. They're, like, barely around. Yeah, and even Drew, like, once he isn't the baby daddy anymore, he's, like, not around anymore after that. Yeah, I noticed that, too. That was so weird. Who knows? Degrassi loves to do that. So let's just get right into it, because it's probably going to be long regardless. (laughs) So (laughs) let's start with Miss Becky Baker. She decides to start the Power Cheer team because... She wants, like, a good start to the semester after her brother is in jail now. (laughs) And she's conflicted when Zoe tries out for the team, since Zoe reminds her of all the drama and such. And even though Zoe is a great cheerleader, Becky tells her that Zoe's baggage would be distracting to the team and to the school. Zoe is kind of devastated by this. She thinks Becky's a huge hypocrite. But when she finds out in the bathroom, Claire talking to Allie about how Drew got her pregnant... Zoe uses this information to distract Becky during their first power cheer performance, and Becky falls off the pyramid and breaks her ankle. Becky then has to step down from power cheer, Zoe takes over, and Degrassi nudes becomes a thing, of course. But for Becky, remember, for some reason at the end of season 13, she got together with Drew. So she confronts Drew about the fact that Zoe said (laughs) that he got Claire pregnant. So Drew is like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Claire's kind of pregnant. It's the thing. (laughs) So Becky breaks up with him. And Becky is then sad after her breakup. Imogen and Jack convince her to go on basically Christian Mingle (laughs) to find a nice Christian boy. And she goes to like a roller rink with this Christian boy. But he is super bubbly and annoying. And Becky realizes that he is just like she was before all of the drama that happened to her over the past couple years. She kind of ghosts this Christian guy and is like, I don't feel like the same person anymore. She just happens to run into Drew on the street and says that she is okay with complicated and she gets back together with him. From there, Becky's mom says that Luke wants to see her in jail. But Becky is kind of avoiding talking to him. She lies and says that she's in this guy's Jonah's band. And in order to make that lie a truth, she auditions for his band and bombs her audition. And when Jonah is telling her off about it or something, she drops Luke's letter while she storms off. And Jonah goes and gives the letter back to her. And Jonah kind of helps her realize 
that she should talk to her brother to express her feelings because she's kind of lashing out at people and such. And Jonah quotes a Bible verse, <laughs> which really impressed Becky. But anyway, Becky goes to talk to Luke and Luke says that he doesn't blame her for the fact that he is in jail. So Becky then blows up at him saying like, you were blaming me in the first place, blah, 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 blah. So Becky storms off from Luke and she's not sure that she will ever forgive him. But Jonah ends up letting her into the band because her cover of Cherry Bomb was apparently so impressive and unique and he needs to work with her. From there, Becky is spending more and more time with Jonah, with the band and such, and she is enjoying writing songs with him, and Drew starts to get a little jealous. So Drew expresses concern that Jonah is into her, and when Becky brings it up, Jonah says that there is nothing between them. However, when they perform at the dot together, and they do a good job apparently, Jonah starts to express his feelings until Drew pops in to congratulate Becky. So at this point, Becky is unaware that Jonah also has feelings for her. Of course, Becky ends up breaking up with Drew once again when they are at family dinner with Becky's grandma and Drew gets a text from Claire that the baby kicked or something. And Drew is like, oh my god, my baby kicked. So Drew actually ends up breaking up with Becky because he feels bad that he can't devote time to Becky. Then Becky pours a smoothie on him or whatever. And that is, thank god, the end of Drew and Becky. Becky also randomly cheers with the girls at the final competition when Zoe goes missing. Nothing really comes from that, so whatever. After that, Becky and Jonah want to put on a variety show, but it gets denied by Drew because Drew is jealous of Jonah. To convince Drew to put on the variety show, Becky flirts with Drew, but she feels bad about doing it. So she tells him the truth that she was just flirting with him to kind of manipulate him. And Drew lies to the new principal, Miss Pill. Remember, there's all these new rules about PDA in school. So Drew tells Miss Pill that Becky and Jonah were making out, which leads Becky to confess her feelings for Jonah and they get together. Soon after that, Becky is conflicted when Becky is like trying to make out with Jonah, but he doesn't really want to do anything more than like little pecks on the lips and stuff. And Becky is feeling very, very horny, but Jonah doesn't really want to do anything because he's quote unquote straight edge, <laughs> whatever that means. So Imogen encourages Becky to look up sex things online. And of course, in classic Degrassi fashion, her search history comes up during class presentation. So she ends up talking to her mom about her sexual feelings. And then Becky ends up having a conversation with Jonah about how they're really into each other, but they need to be careful about not going too far. I mean, Becky wasn't going to have sex anyway, but whatever. Finally, Becky is annoyed when she gets paired up with Drew when they're volunteering at the hospital. And Drew is like being very judgy of Jonah, saying like, oh, he wears eyeliner, blah, blah, blah. Becky ends up losing $200 and thinks that it was Damon, Zig's friend, who was at the hospital from getting shot. But she ends up finding out that it was Jonah who stole from her because Jonah had a debt to Vince's gang from his past life. So Jonah confesses that he stole and Becky ends up breaking up with him because of that. And that's really the end of Becky. Okay. So Becky this season for me, tolerable, I will say. She starts to become like a little bit of a better like character. Like the beginning of it was a little rough with Zoe and her being like, you can't be on the team because, you know, you're too much baggage, blah, blah, blah. Like that was old Becky. But I feel like as time went on, like she wasn't as naive, I think. Like we weren't spending an entire season trying to be like, hey, let's not be homophobic. You know, like we were, she was like kind of just living her normal life now. But at the same time, like none of her storylines were interesting, <laughs> except for the Luke one. Yeah. Okay. Let's start with like Drew and Becky. 
Yeah. Speaking of uninteresting, I feel like they put them together at the end of season 13 and had no plan moving forward. I don't know if they were like not going to tell us and hope that we like forgot. And then we're like, nah, people aren't going to forget. We like actually have to have them like still dating. But it just didn't make any sense. Why would Drew date his brother's, his dead brother's girlfriend? You know, like knowing that his brother died, still in love with her. Yeah. Fucked up. Like, why would Becky date? her ex i guess boyfriend's brother also fucked up was there any chemistry no <laughs> like i just there's just no single thing that makes any sense about them being together the only thing i could think of as to why they were together in the first place on a meta level was that they needed more drama for the pregnancy like they needed the drama of drew knocked up another girl and now i have to deal with it it's like that was the only reason so that they could just have more stupid shit going on related to this stupid pregnancy but what's even crazier is that, like, they broke up because of it. I mean, I know they ended up getting back together, but, like, the drama was pretty short-lived. Once Becky found out about the pregnancy, she's like, I'm out, you know? And, like, yeah, she tried to date one other person and then was like, yeah, Drew's all right. I guess I'll go back to him. But then, like, again, the pregnancy comes back up and then she's like, I'm out again. Like, there was barely any drama, I feel like. Because it was just there to waste time. Yeah. I think that they could have done something else with Becky that would have been better than her dating Drew. And I guess, like, Jonah substitutes for that. And, like, for me, like, Becky and Drew never even liked each other because after they break up, they have the whole variety show thing, and Becky is flirting with Drew, knowing that she doesn't like him to, like, manipulate him. Yeah, that was pretty out of character, I felt like. Like, that's where the naive thing comes in. I didn't think it was really out of character, necessarily. That she was being manipulative? She has done that before. Yeah, but like what annoyed me was that she did it and then was like being naive about it. She was like, oh, is this a bad thing? It's like, yeah, it is. Like, shut up. You're being annoying. Like, come on. That was the only thing that drove me crazy this season was her trying to like do that while she liked Jonah, you know? What was kind of funny though was that like once Becky and Jonah like get together the fact that like Jonah makes her horny and Drew does not at all is so funny to me right I wanted to talk about that because like in a vacuum I like horny Becky as a plot like I think that's a very interesting story to tell for like a religious girl I mean they did it with Claire yeah so kind of kind of the same thing I think that's like kind of an interesting thing to explore with a character. Yeah. Like with a teenage girl going through puberty, as I've talked about before. But it just kind of seemed like it came out of nowhere because like, why was she horny for Jonah and not Drew? And the other thing is they never really explored any of that with Becky's relationship with Adam. Yes, that too. I mean, there might be like a different aspect of the fact that, oh, Jonah is like kind of a bad boy but like also kind of religious like he hits like different points that the other two guys like did it and you know what honestly sometimes you just like some guys more than others like it just kind of comes down to it how you feel about it like your first boyfriend you might be like oh this is great but then like your next boyfriend you might be like oh this is different and for her it just took her like to date three guys to realize oh I actually do have a sex drive but then like I think my issue is that with Becky's relationship with Adam, like there was the whole problem with Becky's parents with Adam, right? But then Adam died before we really got to really do anything with that. So I guess it's just me whining about Adam dying again. But it's just kind of annoying to me that like all these relationship things 
would have also worked very well for Adam and would have been better with Adam, I think. Oh, I I totally agree. Like, if Adam was still in the show, this would be a perfect segue. Like, she could have done this exact same thing with Adam. It would have yeah. been totally fine. And then it's just that, like, the stupid Drew and Jonah plots feel a little removed from Becky's reality with the fact that her entire family is falling apart. She has to deal with that, but she's just horny for her boyfriend, you know? I mean, you have to also think about it in like high school, the responsibilities and the knowledge of what's going on are definitely lower, I felt. You know, like you could be aware of what's going on at home, but like, are you really aware of what's going on? And she's allowed to have a life outside of it. Well, yeah, I guess to me, it was just disappointing that they were focusing so much on like, these nothing relationships with Drew and Jonah. When last season, I was very happy with Becky's arc with her brother and kind of overcoming that. There was really just the one follow-up episode to that in this season. And the rest of it was just stupid relationship plots that don't mean anything because she doesn't end up with either of them. Yeah, I think the other thing is that with Becky's brother, they couldn't really continue it because Zoe was also not continuing it, really. She was too busy, like, selling child porn. I think they just want to drop it. They were done. I don't think that works for Becky's character. I think that they also, like, didn't care in developing her character anymore. Because honestly, wait, she's a senior, right? Yeah. So there's that. What's the point, you know? She's not going to be around. But, like, for example, the whole first episode where Becky is being a total bitch to Zoe. Yes. It's like... To me, that felt a little bit out of character, but I could see how maybe it wasn't in some ways. I think that could have been a good way to explore Becky's character after the whole stuff with her brother. But then, like, Becky just breaks her leg and that's it. Yeah, I think I think it really just comes down to the fact that Degrassi wanted to be done with that plot. And that's what they did. And people find the love triangles way more interesting. But it wasn't. <laughs> No, I mean, like, for you, maybe not. I didn't mind Jonah, though. I thought that was kind of an interesting introduction. Because, like, I don't think she really liked him at first. I think Drew pushing it so much kind of made her, to be honest. Like, I think she genuinely liked Drew while they were, and his, like, jealousy and, like, him bringing up, like, she, he likes you, he likes you. Like, I feel like she wouldn't have thought about it if he hadn't said it so much. Probably. Becky and Jonah was just there for me it's like they sing silly songs together i think there needed to be a solution to like drew and becky breaking up and not getting back together for a third time <laughs> and jonah was it like one of them had to find a new relationship and they could have put drew in a new relationship he has a fucking kid and everybody knows it like nobody's gonna want to date him but then drew asks out becky after she breaks up with jonah to the prom and becky says no yeah, because he's still, like, into Becky because nobody else will date him. Well, I don't think Drew is into Becky. Becky was just kind of his only option. Well, she still says no, so... Yeah. She obviously wasn't taking it as, like, a friendship trip to prom. Yeah, but, again, it's just these relationship plots for Becky were just nothing to me. They did nothing. <laughs> her whole stuff with her brother was just so much more interesting, and then they just give her the stupid plot of my boyfriend stole money from me because he used to be in a gang so I'm gonna dump him it's like well, I don't care I would rather talk about that because Drew doesn't Drew and Becky mean nothing to me I don't care about them 
like absolutely nothing jonah i can like vibe with because he's new so like why not just like play along with a new character i just couldn't believe that he freaking actually stole money from her like i can't believe he actually did that like why would he think that's okay he wasn't gonna pay her back he didn't even have the money to begin with yeah he straight up stole how much money it was like a ridiculous amount of money yeah like two hundred dollars yeah, that's a lot of money to steal from a high school kid. That's your girlfriend. Like that was just chaotic. I was like, is this there? I'm like, there's no way they're gonna bring this guy back next season. Then he stays forever. He's like low-key the new like star. Yeah. But like for Jonah, it's like I feel like the writers didn't really know what straight edge actually is. Because I feel like they just put X's on his hands and he doesn't want to have sex, and that was all they did to make him quote unquote straight edge. I mean, how many people in high school, like, knew what straight edge was? Like, I still, to this day, I'm like, if you're straight edge in high school, like, it's illegal anyway. It doesn't count. <laughs> like, you're breaking the law regardless. Like, you could you could be like, I'm straight edge. It's like, well, you shouldn't do it anyway. So that's yeah. why I think it's funny. Yeah, like, to me, Jonah was just kind of a dick and a bit self-righteous at points. And it's like, he's straight edge. And what does that mean for him? Nothing. It just pretty much means that he's not going to do drugs. He's not going to drink. He's not going to, like, knock up anybody. You know, he's going to wait till... Didn't he want to wait till marriage now? Probably, because he's a Christian now. Yeah, so they just... What they really needed was somebody who was Christian and not, like, Becky. Like, we already saw her go on that awful double date where that guy was exactly like her. And then she's like, wait, I hate that. And I'm like, that's so funny because I've had to watch you do that for the last few seasons. <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah, I just thought it was funny. Not that the Degrassi writers planned this at all, but the fact that Becky broke up with Drew because of Claire's baby that wasn't even his. And Jonah, we find out in one of his last episodes <laughs> that he already has a kid. Yeah, that's like a casual Dallas drop where they're like, who else should have a kid that we haven't made had a kid yet? Oh, Jonah. <laughs> yeah. So that was just a funny, like, retroactive detail to me. But, oh, yeah. I think so, too. But yeah, Jonah, it's like, I don't understand his character. He's just there to make Becky horny, and then she just leaves grassy. Sure. Would you be as hard on him if he wasn't Adam's replacement? Probably not, because then Becky would have actual plots. <laughs> oh my gosh. I guess, like, aside from being associated with Becky, how do you actually feel about Jonah? I don't like him. He's kind of a dick. Yeah. Well, I don't think he's, like, that much of a dick in this season, though, besides the money thing at the end. Like, leading up to it, he was kind of fine. I guess, but he also didn't have much personality. Like, probably his... His only good moment was when Becky is like, I have a boyfriend. And Jonah's like, I have a houseplant. Yeah, that was kind of funny. That was like the only time where I was like, ha ha ha. Good for you, Jonah. <laughs> uh, but okay. what do you think about Becky overall? Since this is our goodbye to her, as well as all these other characters. It's kind of a shame that she's leaving now because she was kind of starting to like be tolerable. I felt like, I mean, you know how I felt. I really wasn't like the biggest fan of her. I think a lot of her plots were just her being like, I think this way. And then everybody has to teach her to like not think that way. And I feel like at some point it just kind of like gets old, you know? She was like the social activist character that like they were using to, to be like, these are our points of view you know hers are wrong but I do think once her the whole plot with her brother was very redeeming for her yes 
like that was easily the best thing that they did to her character besides her getting with Adam and being like okay with it yes absolutely to me like Becky's whole thing is that she's trying to do the right thing and that's pretty encapsulated in her whole thing with Luke because like I guess this isn't really relevant to this season but like yeah her whole her whole season 13 arc to me is fantastic because it's just like Becky her whole religious values and stuff is that I need to be a good person I always need to do the right thing but she realizes that being the bigger person in all these situations that she's getting put into is the hard way out and it's putting her in a worse position like all of these situations with her brother it's like oh if I do the right thing that's gonna fuck up my family which is gonna put me in a worse position but it's the right thing to do so and I just wish that they explored that more in this season it realistically is not something that you can wrap up in like one season because that's something that affects the family forever right but I feel like it would have been nice to like maybe see Becky be like oh I'm looking forward to go to college to get away from my terrible horrible family rather than like lollygagging around with Jonah yeah I was gonna say do we even know what she ends up deciding to do I forget I know she's going to college I think for biology but I feel like I feel like they could have done something with like oh I want to go to college away from my family because they're so terrible and I don't want to deal with them anymore. Having that full circle moment that like she knows deep down that her family is awful, but kind of her expressing that. Because I feel like her relationship with her mom in the season was a little weird because like she's on one hand, her mom is like, oh, you should go see your brother. But then Becky is also confiding in her mom about like the whole horny feelings that she's having. So it felt a little weird to me. Like, I do like Becky's growth from the beginning, like when she was a raging homophobe with Eli in the play. Welcome to Degrassi. Yes. And when she went on the date with a random Christian guy, that kind of emphasized that. And so overall, I do like Becky's character a lot, but this season was just kind of a fart for her, which I think I'm going to say about most of these characters. I don't doubt that, especially because you actually like Becky. I do. I think she had some really good growth. I know, like, it is annoying that she does have to be taught things all the time, but... Everything all the time. Yeah, but, like, again, given how terrible her family is, I don't blame her for having those viewpoints. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I still, I mean, I already told you how I feel, so I got nothing else to add to that. Like, to me, like, Becky's storyline just ends, like, she breaks up with Jonah, and she reaffirms her friendship with Imogen in the last episode. Which is, like, kind of nice, because I did really like Becky and Imogen's friendship. For sure. But, like, Becky's character was so much more than Jonah and Imogen. I feel like they could have wrapped her character up in a cleaner way. It probably had to do with the fact that they were using all their airtime for Claire and her dramatic baby. Yeah. That's all I got to say about Becky. All right. Well, we'll come back to her when we do our overall at the end. But let's move on to Imogen. Yes. Okay. So Imogen, remember she's dating Jack, who is on the cheerleading team. So Imogen tells Jack that she loves her in class and Jack says, cool or something like that. So then Jack tries to break up with her because Jack, surprise, is not into monogamy and she's polyamorous. And Imogen is like, oh yeah, I'm totally into that. So she agrees at first because she doesn't want to lose Jack, but she soon tells Jack afterwards that she wants to be exclusive 
when she finds out what polyamory actually is and like this is a whole thing but jack isn't asking for a polyamorous relationship she's asking for an open relationship <laughs> anyway imogen realizes that she wants to be jack's one and only so she embarrasses herself in front of jack's dance class and jack then responds saying that she is afraid of commitment because she moves around a lot and that she loves imogen too so they affirm their relationship, but soon after that, Imogen finds out about Degrassi nudes and tries to find out who is behind it, and Jack kind of tries to stop her. But Simpson ends up finding out, of course, and takes her story away because Imogen was trying to do this for Degrassi TV, and Imogen gets it out of Jack that Jack was involved and all the cheerleaders as well. So Imogen is like, you cheated on me, and Jack is like, no, I didn't. <laughs> it's not that big of a deal. Imogen kind of steams about it for a minute and she ultimately forgives Jack and they stay together. After the whole Degrassi news thing is over, Imogen and Jack are getting harassed by Damon in the hall for the fact that they are two women in a relationship. Imogen gets in trouble for hitting him for being homophobic. And when they're talking to Miss Pill, Jack doesn't want to make an official report about the incident, which pisses Imogen off for not standing up to injustice. But Imogen ends up finding out when she goes to Jack's house that Jack is not out to her family. Imogen says Jack that she's okay with Jack being in the closet at first, but when she realizes that they cannot then do all the like public coupley things that you do at the end of senior year, like be the best couple in the yearbook or go to prom together or just in general be together outside of school, Imogen realizes that she doesn't want that for herself. So she starts to kind of encourage and pressure Jack a little bit to come out, but Jack really doesn't want to, so Jack ends up breaking up with her. So graduation time, prom time, Becky ends up convincing Imogen to ask Jack to prom. So they go to Jack's house. Her parents aren't home. So Imogen ends up convincing Jack to come to the prom at the dot that Drew set up. However, Jack is boring as fuck and doesn't want to dance or do anything fun at the prom and ruins Imogen's night. The next day, Imogen realizes that she and Jack are too different and that Jack wasn't even her best relationship at Degrassi. She realizes that Becky is someone who is always there for her and is always down to clown. And Becky ends up setting up a novelty conga line for Imogen after the graduation ceremony to make up for the fact that Imogen could not join one at the prom. Okay. I seriously did not remember Jack was around this much, to be honest. I don't even know. I seriously forgot. I wish she wasn't. It just, this is very much Degrassi trying to be like hip and new with the times. Because I don't even think, like you said, I don't think she's trying to be polyamorous. She's trying to just be in an open relationship. Yeah. Isn't being polyamorous being in a relationship with multiple people? Yeah. Jack was 100% asking for an open relationship, not a polyamorous relationship, which is kind of similar to the whole Jonah being straight edge thing. It's like the writers, like you said, realize that like this is something that's in like teen lingo now or whatever. So mm -hmm. they're trying to implement it into the show, but they don't actually know what it is. So they fumble their execution of it because they also like do the harmful stereotype of like open relationships and polyamorous relationships that only people who are scared of commitment to one person are in them. Yeah, which they prove at the end because she literally says that. What does she say? She says, some of that stuff that I said I believe in, but actually I'm just afraid of commitment. Cancels out literally everything she said. Yeah, so I feel like that was a harmful stereotype to perpetuate 
and it was just stupid just stupid yeah I also gotta say like the idea of an open relationship in high school like who what are you doing yeah like how many people do you actually know <laughs> like I didn't know a lot of people I feel like I couldn't have two boyfriends at once but well, apparently there were like what was it Jack's whole dance studio was like full of lesbians who were in love with her right yeah that's hilarious to me because I'm like first of all she's a child and I don't know how old any of these other people are yeah and second of all she technically had a girlfriend but I guess not I don't even know I did like Imogen's scene with Eli about it yeah when Imogen is like hey do you want to go on a date (laughs) I don't like you but like I guess I'm polyamorous now and he was kind of just like yeah we can hang out like I'm not against it yeah like that was kind of cute I will say so like I don't necessarily want to fault Jack for like this whole situation because it is like the fault of the writers for not knowing what they're talking about but I am going to fault Jack for the whole like not wanting to commit to Imogen thing because why yeah Imogen is really great I don't really understand why she wouldn't want to commit to her to be honest but I get it some people are scared of commitment like whatever fine we'll do that casual plot well and then she's cheating on Imogen though okay yeah this is actually like a really good thing to talk about because is Jack sending news to boys even though she's a lesbian cheating yes so if you sent your nudes to a girl when you're in a relationship would that be cheating yes okay well, because the other thing with Degrassi nudes is how do you know that you're not sending nudes to girls? Well, because the whole, I mean, the whole thing is that it's boys. You know what I mean? Like, it's pretty much advertised that boys are doing it. I understand where you're coming from, but in it, Jack is looking at it like, these are just stupid boys that want to look at boobs. Like, she's not thinking, and also girls. Sure, but there's the possibility that it is also girls. I think, should she have ran it by Imogen? Absolutely. But she wasn't going to because of how secretive they were being about this whole thing. Yeah, but the fact that when Imogen found out, Jack was like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. You're overreacting. I was like, what the fuck are you doing? You're completely lying to your girlfriend about cheating on her and then saying it's not a big deal. Yeah, it's tough because I'm just like trying, like, is it cheating though? Yes. Because she's not trying to get anything out of it. She's getting money. Yeah, but... Then would you say that, like, a stripper whose job is a stripper, like, and she's married, is that cheating? If the husband or spouse doesn't know about it. I don't think that's true. I don't think that that's a fair thing to say. Would you be mad if you found out your husband was, like, performing for other people? I mean, like, if it was, like, a job that he took on? Like, I don't... I mean, if he was sleeping with the other people, yeah. Well, I think the difference is whether or not you know about it. Yeah. So I feel like if I didn't know about it and they were lying to me about it and then saying I was lying to you about it because it's not a big deal when it's a big deal to me, like you're just like gaslighting your partner at that point. No, I 100% stand by the fact that Jack lied to Imogen. She absolutely did. Do I think it was cheating? No. Do I think it was lying? Yes. And that alone is grounds for dumping in my opinion. But I don't think that technically she was cheating in their relationship. Sure. 
I think it was, but whatever. <laughs> That's, I mean, we all, I feel like we never agree on any, what cheating is, but I might throw the poll out there. I'm very interested in what people think about it. I mean, to me, more than just the cheating, it's the fact that Jack was completely invalidating Imogen's feelings about it. Yes. Well, that's the thing too. Like the lying and then her being like, it's not a big deal is the issue. Yeah. Like if she was just like, I'm sorry, like I didn't think you would be this upset, like, you know, handle it in like a better way. I could see them like working through it. But yeah, yeah. no, I definitely would be mad too. Like Jack didn't even feel sorry. She was just sad that Imogen found out. Yeah, no, Jack has like, I don't even think Jack actually likes Imogen, to be honest, now that we're like talking about it. Absolutely not. And just a side note, why does Imogen keep going around the school trying to find out things about naked girls? Like for Zoe and now this? Yeah, she's like, her journalism is definitely weird, in my opinion. Yeah. And also, both times are like crimes. Right. So it's like, I understand you want to be like a crime hunter or whatever, but these are like legitimate things. And the fact that both times she like did not consider them like legit things blew my mind. She was just showing girls boobs around too, which was not cool. That that really kind of pissed me off, not gonna lie. Like I can't imagine someone just like, do you know who these are? It's like, why are you, sh how many people did you show those to? Yeah, I was like, imagine you need to stop. Yeah, she was kind of like being just as bad. Yeah. But the last thing, of course, is Imogen pressuring Jack to come out. So I'm kind of conflicted about this because, like, we've seen this so many times on Degrassi at this point with, like, Riley and Zane, Dylan and Marco. But in this case, the roles are kind of reversed. Yeah. That for Marco and Riley, it was their partner who is the minor character pressuring them to come out. Whereas now Imogen is the main character pressuring their partner to come out. Yeah, it was, like, kind of a little disappointing, to be honest, because the fact that Imogen took it, like, so personally that Jack wasn't out. I mean, should Jack have told Imogen that she's not out earlier? Probably. Yeah. But also, I don't think Imogen should have been, like, you need to be out. You know? Yeah. One of those. Yeah, like, to me... It just felt a little contrived because, like, they've been together for how long at this point? And Imogen, Imogen has included into the fact that she has never met Jack's parents or anything and, like, things like that. So it felt a little, like, this was the wrong time in this relationship to, like, do this storyline because it doesn't make sense for it to just be coming up now when they're, they've been dating for probably, like, six months at this point. But to me, it's, like... Imogen was being very pushy to Jack, which I don't like. But at the same time, Jack didn't really consider Imogen's feelings at all. Like, same with, the, same with the cheating. She wasn't really thinking about Imogen's feelings with all of this. She was just like, I don't want to come out. I don't care how you feel about it. Well, that's why I said that I don't even think Jack really liked Imogen. Yeah. She didn't really do anything to prove that she did. And that's in, like, the lying and the not telling her that she's not out you know like I mean we also didn't I didn't see that coming because the whole thing is true she's like I put on this whole thing that I'm like this confident you know lesbian and it's important for me to like have that persona but when I go home like it's different I don't know it was just kind of like another plot that they just wanted to give Jack which was like is she gonna be a bigger character or not you know because like Jack said that her parents weren't homophobic right or anything 
Yeah, I think it was just kind of one of those things where you're a little nervous to, like, come out, you know? Yeah. So, like, I don't think Jack needed to come out just because her parents are accepting or anything because, like, you don't need to come out until you're ready or even ever. But, again, more than anything, it just felt like Jack didn't respect Imogen as her partner to, like, consider Imogen's point of view. Like, yes, Imogen was being pushy, which wasn't okay. Yeah. But Jack wasn't even, like, listening to Imogen's concerns about, like, I really like you and I want to do all these things with you, but we can't anymore because you are being stubborn. You know what's crazy, though? I'm Sorry, this is, like, a little off topic. The fact that they've been dating for five months and they, what, never hung out outside of school? Right? Like, what is this? What is happening? How did Imogen not think anything of this? Yeah. So very weird. And then, like, they emphasize how bad of a couple they are in the last episode when Jack completely ruins Imogen's prom. And then Imogen straight up says, hey, Jack was an awful girlfriend and Fiona was so much better. Yeah, I'm sure you were just like, fuck yeah. At the same time, it's like, then why was this relationship even a thing? Well, okay, so what was funny about the whole prom thing was that that's, like, happened to me in a sense of you're dating this person, you think that it's so great, like, when you're in the relationship, and then you, like, break up or whatever, and you take some time apart, but, like, that image of them is, like, still in your brain. So then when you, like, hang out and do something, like, everything that you originally liked is now, like, annoying. And you're like, oh, wait, this actually was a good thing that we broke up. So, like, it's happened to me before. So watching it was, like, so funny because it's true. Like, Imogen had this whole thing in her mind about who Jack was and then had to sit through prom and realize that Jack sucks. But what was also interesting was that nobody really told Imogen that Jack sucked. No. So, like, to me, it's just, like, this relationship was just around to give Imogen something to do. Yeah, they didn't give her anything else to do. Like, Imogen didn't even really grow from this relationship at all. Like, it was just, like, various lesbian things are happening. (laughs) So, it was like, Imogen didn't learn anything. She didn't grow. Like, she grew more from her relationship with Becky. It's like, this Jack relationship didn't need to happen. It was not entertaining to watch. I didn't care at all. (laughs) You know what would have been a good relationship if Imogen and Becky got together? I would agree, but I think I said this last time that Becky being anything but straight kind of invalidates Adam's gender again, which I wouldn't like. Yeah, I guess it could go that way. But it also could have been that she figured she was straight when she was dating Adam and then like figured it out after. But yeah, that's a good point. I think that they could have figured something out with Imogen, but I will say one thing about Imogen that I like is that she is really easy to like blend in with other characters like she's just friendly with everybody everybody loves her I feel like her and Drew have like this like weirdly close relationship like I think at one point someone either he kissed her on the cheek like it just makes it seem like they're real life friends but like in the show too but at the same time like again I think we talked about this in season 13 Imogen was not needed like she did not need to be held back at all no what's very interesting about it is like I didn't really understand what they wanted to do with her like why did they hold her back like it would have made sense if she had like actually gotten with Adam and they knew that Adam was gonna stay you know like maybe her her and Adam get together Becky like gets with Drew like so weird but whatever then they move on but there really wasn't any reason for her to be in this there wasn't her presence was definitely notable 
like you said, she's she bounces off of pretty much every other character really well, but there's not much more to her character. Like, she probably could have been replaced with any other kind of side character, like Jenna, for example. Mm -hmm. So there was really no reason why Imogen herself had to stay because her being around didn't add to her character. It didn't really add to the show overall. Do you think she just had, like, a contract that just didn't expire yet? I don't think so, because other characters who also came on in season 11, like Katie and Jake, did leave when they were supposed to. So I don't know. Maybe they just really liked christine prosperi and like she's she's a great actress don't get me wrong mm -hmm. but like imogen herself as a character was just unnecessary to have around yeah i i think i agree with that like the only good part of imogen being around was again her friendship with becky which honestly also could have been replaced with jenna because they did kind of drop jenna and becky's friendship yeah, but they dropped Be Jenna and Becky's friendship, like, so long ago. Like, it's been seasons. Right, but that's what I'm saying. Like, when Imogen and Becky became friends, that could have just been continuing Becky and Jenna's friendship. I think you brought that up before, but I like Imogen better than Jenna, so. I probably like them equally. I like Becky and Imogen's friendship better than Becky and Jenna's. It wasn't even real. It was just Becky trying to, like, convert Jenna. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she never tried to convert Imogen, so. Yeah, but to me, it's just like Imogen was just around to be the stand-in for like any one-off story that they wanted to tell, like the um the dress code thing, or like basically just being the resident Degrassi girl who likes girls <laughs> for these two seasons. Yeah, I don't know. I still like, I don't mind her though. I don't, but it's just like, why is she here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I saw a post on Twitter, I think last week, that was like, this graduating class of seniors should have been so much different than what it was. What was it supposed to be like? For example, Casey, Adam, Wesley, Dave, they all left or died <laughs> or were black holed. And yeah. they all should have been in this class graduating. Like characters like Imogen and Drew. I guess Drew is maybe okay. But, like, Imogen and Dallas, they didn't really feel like a part of this class, necessarily, to me. Well, Dallas kind of came late yeah. to the game. Imogen was held back, so that's why they don't feel like part of the class. Yeah, but that that's the thing. It's like, this class is the most tumultuous class in Degrassi history because there's so many people entering and leaving. They're just the turnovers real for this class. Yeah, but... Anything else for Imogen? Honestly, no. She really didn't have a lot this season. The Jack stuff, I'm over. I'm, like, ready to move on to the real drama. Yeah. Let's have some baby daddy drama. Okay. So we found out at the tail end of season 13 that Claire is pregnant. And so Claire is very stressed about the fact that she's pregnant, and she has decided that she's going to get an abortion. She's been avoiding Drew, but she ultimately tells him that she is pregnant. But... She starts spotting in class, so when she goes to the hospital, she thinks that she might have miscarried, but she finds out that it was just spotting, but the nurse also tells her that because she just got through cancer, it was very, very unlikely for her to get pregnant in the first place, and that she likely will not be able to get pregnant again. Because of this, she then starts to feel attached to the baby, and she decides to keep it and tells Drew. Drew is worried about the fact that 
she is now going to have the baby, but Claire says that she is letting him off the hook and that Drew does not need to be involved. So Drew is happy about this until Dallas gives him a reality check that he will have a baby out there and that him not being involved will never work. So Drew ends up telling Becky that he's going to be involved, who breaks up with him, as we already talked about. So then Drew tells Claire that he is going to help out, and Claire accepts. Claire is then thinking about how to tell Eli and her mom that she's pregnant, when suddenly she gets a call from Drew that he and his mom are coming over to her house to talk about the plan, <laughs> because Audra caught Drew, I think, looking at cribs or maybe strollers. So Claire starts to feel attacked by... <laughs> Her mom and Audra, everybody telling her how to handle things. Claire says that her plan is to go to New York with Eli and raise the baby there while going to Columbia. And when the moms are like, no, you're not moving to a different country to raise this child, she walks out on them. So she runs into Eli while she has left and tells him the truth that she is pregnant by Drew and Eli is very mad. But Eli starts to think that he might want to try with Claire because before this whole pregnancy thing, they were talking again and kind of reconnecting. And Tristan tells him that he and Claire are endgame, which convinces Eli to give it a try. He tries, but he continually gets annoyed by Drew being around. And while he is applying for a job at the dot with the man himself, Spinner Mason, he sees Drew at the dot and interrupts his dot interview to punch Drew in the face because Drew is apparently the, the root cause of all of this nonsense that's going on. He then walks back into the dot and gets the job <laughs> because Finner apparently did not notice Eli punching Drew in the face. At this point, Drew has gotten back together with Becky and Drew is struggling balancing dating Becky and being a good support for Claire. And again, while Drew is having dinner with Becky's grandma, he lets it slip that he's having a baby. So Drew realizes he can't give Becky the attention he deserves and breaks up with her. However, when he and Claire are at an ultrasound appointment, Claire finds out that her baby is like a month along longer than she thought, which makes her realize that the baby isn't Drew's, but Eli's. So Claire is talking to Allie about the fact that the baby is not Drew's and like, what should I do? Allie accidentally ends up telling Dallas, who then ends up telling Drew, of course. Now that Drew is like, what the fuck, Claire? How did you not tell me that this was happening? Claire then goes to tell Eli that the baby is his. But before she can, Eli does the iconic tears, Claire. I didn't expect those from such a whore. <laughs> and says that like he ruined their entire future together so claire is like fuck you eli and does not tell him soon after that claire is like doing a pta conference about the whole degrassi nudes thing or whatever and mrs baker becky's mom is like claire how do you know what you're doing you're pregnant and then claire finds out that like apparently everybody at the school knows that she's pregnant now mr simpson then confronts or comforts claire telling her that his wife, Spike, was a teen mom and still has a good life. But because of this, Claire has one of her classic dreams <laughs> where she dreams that she is married to Mr. Simpson as a housewife. So she talks to her mom about going to college close by so that she could still kind of have a future despite being a mom. Soon after that, Eli ends up finding out that the baby is his from Imogen. So Eli runs to Claire to apologize and says that he wants to be involved. 
Claire is wary at first because Eli has been so hot-headed lately, what with punching Drew and calling her a whore. So Eli convinces her that he's changed by giving Claire his like childhood stuffed animal <laughs> and that he wants to be involved and Claire agrees to co-parent. When Claire tries to be platonic co-parents with Eli, she realizes that she has feelings for him once again, especially when like during their birthing classes or whatever, Eli is being super nice to her. So Claire tries to set some boundaries, but they end up hooking up, of course. Claire is afraid that everything has changed, but Eli assures her that they have only gotten through things together, so they officially get back together. For this is, what, the fourth or the fifth time? <laughs> um, Claire and Eli then babysit Dallas's kid, Rocky, and they have a whole thing about, like, water guns or whatever. They have a conversation about having an open dialogue about how to parent their child. But when they are at the doctor, they find out that the baby does not have a heartbeat. So the baby has died in utero, and since the baby is pretty far along, Claire still has to deliver the baby. The doctor is kind of explaining the procedure about how to deliver the baby, and kind of instead of dealing with the situation, Claire decides to take a road trip to New York to try and convince the admissions office to let her back in, since she denied her offer because she was pregnant. Eli joins her on the road trip, but he is trying to stall her. He thinks it's kind of crazy to like go all the way to New York. Claire ultimately ends up questioning how or why any of this is happening to her, like the cancer, the baby in the first place, and now this like miscarriage. So they end up turning back once they kind of have a heart to heart about what's going on and imagining a future where they could have had this baby and been a family. So they go back to Toronto and Claire ends up having the procedure to terminate the pregnancy. Okay. Damn. I don't even know. The fact that one, we talked about this, there's literally no way that it would have been Drew's. Like it just doesn't make, or sorry, Eli's. There's no way. It just doesn't make any sense. There's just the fact that, I don't know, none of it makes any sense. And it was just all for the drama. Like, yeah, she slept with Drew. And then, like, how did she fuck up the math that much? And, like, did she even use a condom with Eli? Because it makes it sound like once she knows it's Eli's, it, like, makes sense, you know? Well, because I think I mentioned this last season, that the only time when Claire and Eli could have feasibly conceived a child was during the bungee jumping episode when Eli, like, surprised her after... Like, she was wet with Drew. Yeah. So that's the only feasible time. And, like, if you're going to have a situation where somebody doesn't know who the baby daddy is, I think it's important for storytelling purposes to show both of those sexual encounters. And they did not show the sexual encounter with Eli. Only the one with Drew. I agree. Yeah, they didn't even have to show the whole thing. They could have just, like, you know made it even like a joke or something at some point like we don't know when claire is doing that with eli so it just like doesn't make any sense right and what's even crazier is the fact that like she doesn't even consider that it could be eli because i know she like did the math but it's not like you're pregnant just from the one second you take your blood that one time at the hospital you know like you have to figure out how far- I'm just shocked how long it took her to find out how far along she was. Yeah, like, I could understand her immediately thinking that it was Drew's because he was the last person that she slept with, sure. But the second that she goes to a doctor for the first time 
And like Claire didn't wait to go to a doctor like Liberty or Jenna did. Mm-hmm. So like as soon as Claire went to the doctor, she would find out how far along she was. And right then and there, she would know that it was Eli's. Yeah. This entire pregnancy is just one giant plot hole. None of it makes any sense. The fact that it's the dad doesn't make any sense. The fact that Claire was even able to get pregnant from having cancer. And the assumption is that it's just because the condom didn't work. So not only is she like the one or 2% where the condom didn't work. And she also is the one or 2% that had cancer and could sell a baby. Come on. Yeah. Like that is just, it is such a stretch. Like they could have made literally anybody else pregnant. And I think it would have, we could have at least figured out how to go from there. You know, like even throw Jenna another pregnancy. Who cares? Yeah. Like this plot, in order for it to happen, it required Claire to be a complete dumbass. And Claire isn't a dumbass. So that's just why it's so stupid. Yep. And it's not even like good TV drama because none of it, you can't map any of it out. Right. You know? Like, honestly, it would have been more interesting if Drew was the father because that was the whole conflict with Eli. Yeah. Eli and Claire don't need to work through any of the bullshit that Eli pulled because Eli ended up being the dad at the end of the day. The, The fact that Eli was being so psychotic and like punching Drew and calling Claire a whore for no reason. We'll talk about that later. But like the fact that they were just like, oh, he's the dad now, so it's okay. It's like, no, it's not okay. Yep, I totally agree. I think that they needed like a cop out because how would you redeem Eli's character after the way he's been acting? And yeah. like, she even tries to be like, dude, you're so unhinged. And he's like, I, it's not because I'm not medicated. It's like, oh, so you're just like this now? Yeah, right. This is what you're like when you're on meds? Like, that doesn't make anyone feel better. Also, I feel like they didn't bring up any concern of the fact that, like, Eli's mental illness is hereditary. Like, are we going to talk about that it's, like, genetic? Like, are we, you know, like, are we going to bring it up at all? Like, I feel like it's kind of one of those things that they, like, push under the rug and don't acknowledge, like, exactly and I'm not saying they needed to acknowledge it so early, but I feel like the way he was acting so unhinged, like when they found out he was a father, if I was Claire, I would have been like, all right, like, what are the chances my kid could end up like this? Like, what are some things I need to know? I don't know. I just feel like none of it made any sense. And what annoyed me the most, which I think I, I don't know if I texted you about it or I just complained about it to literally anybody who would listen, was the fact that she tried to pretend like she could just live her life as if it was normal with a baby like who's caring for this baby when you're going to school like who's like are are you making this money who's making the money to buy the crib buy the food buy the diapers like I just can't believe how unrealistic it is like at least with JT and Liberty we saw them like attempt to be adults you know like we saw them try to buy the apartment we saw them like think about how expensive things are like they got jobs whatever Claire didn't even fucking for one second try to find a job. She didn't even try. She didn't even consider the idea. She was like, no, I'm going to go to college with this full-on baby. Like, come on. I just don't get it. Like, Claire is smarter than that. Could you have imagined if Allie was pulling this shit? Claire would have been like, you're being a dumbass. Yeah. Like, I could kind of understand. Like, just because Claire has always been somebody who's like, oh, I have a plan for everything. You know, like, that's a very big part of her character. Yeah. So it at least made a little sense that like at first she was like, okay, I could, I could at least still go to school. 
the fact that she like assumed Eli would be happy to raise Drew's kid in his own apartment <laughs> was kind of crazy to me. But like I, I could get it at first. But then she's like, she's like, Drew, I'm letting you off the hook. Like you don't need to be involved. Or oh, Audra and mom, like you can't tell me what to do. <laughs> it's like Claire, what are you doing? You're like not taking care of yourself. And like it's just again, they're making Claire be a dumbass when Claire isn't a dumbass. That's exactly what they did to Liberty too, though. Remember, like Liberty was pregnant for months and she never got any support for it. And it's not like she didn't know, you know, like it's not like she wasn't like I'm sure she was getting her period. Like I'm or not getting her period, you know, like she's aware of that. Like she knew she was pregnant. She just didn't she just denied it for so long that it was stupid. But with Liberty, she knew to give the child up for adoption. She knew that she wouldn't be able to raise it, that it was a big responsibility. Claire had no intentions of doing that and I don't know if it's because maybe being a little bit older is like more realistic to raise the child but it just felt like why are we giving the two smartest girls right these pregnancies and then making them dumb it just doesn't make any sense I feel like Claire didn't really get her reality check until Eli was mad at her about the pregnancy it's like she was fully in her fantasy land until Eli like started punching Drew and calling her a whore. <laughs> when Eli was like actually losing his shit again for the millionth time. Yeah. And like what I'm also annoyed about is that Jenna and Claire are friends and Jenna and Claire don't talk about pregnancy at all. Yeah. Part of me wonders if it's like kind of an iffy topic for Jenna in a sense that like it's not easy to think about, you know, like Casey's not around she had to give the baby up because she couldn't handle it. Like, should she have been like, Claire, did you not see me try to raise a kid even with the help of an adult? And it was still too hard, probably. But I wonder if it's kind of one of those things in like their friendship world that like you just don't bring it up. When it's something that serious, I think Jenna would be happy to at least give Claire some clarity on her situation. Oh, and I'm if, sure. If nothing else, it would give Jenna something to do because she hasn't done something in ages. Nah, I feel like at this point, whatever. <laughs> like, nothing's going to change now with Jenna. Yeah, like, Claire is just doing whatever the fuck she wants. Like, nobody's really telling her except Audra and her mom. She's not yep. doing the math in her head. This whole storyline was just ridiculous. Yep, I totally agree. And kind of back to my point about like abortions on Degrassi in general. It's like Claire was originally like supposed to, or she was intent on having an abortion. But then when she finds out this might be her only chance, she's like, oh no, I have to keep it now. It's yeah. like they are once again kind of contriving a situation where a character won't have an abortion, even though it would make sense for the character to have one. Well, I don't think the situation is like contrived. Like she had cancer. If they had created the cancer for her to like not have an abortion, like that would be different. But to be honest, I I don't know. I feel like I could see from her point of view why she felt that way. Well, I think I said this last season, the only effect that Claire's cancer had on her in the long run, it makes her not have an abortion. <laughs> so yeah, I guess that's where I'm coming from. It's like they're contriving the situation where Claire will not have an abortion even though usually it would make sense for her to have one i and guess like, so and like i don't know if that's because like maybe team nick wasn't going to let degrassi do another abortion because of the there was already so much drama with the manny abortion so i don't know if it was maybe something like that 
but I think that they would have figured some way out though for her to not have an abortion like they easily could have called back to her religious side sure and that would have made more realistic to be honest if she was like a little bit like sure you can have like sex before marriage but I can see where you might draw the line at an abortion but they didn't do that I don't think so for Claire at least but that's a whole other conversation (laughs) (laughs) so I guess how did you feel about Drew's role and all of this before we find out who the real baby daddy was it was pretty interesting to see how when Claire was like you're scot-free he like took that and ran with it until was it um was it his mom who was like you're being an idiot no it was dallas oh right 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 because dallas is the same yeah i get that but are we shocked that he thought that way like honestly come on well yeah like for me it's like drew can be daft sometimes but like he's usually pretty good at reading people and like reading a situation but i feel like in his position when he first of all he learns that he has a child that like he didn't expect to have a child and someone goes oh like you're scot-free I honestly would be like fine you said it you know what I mean like I can see why he felt that way I could see why he was like I'll take that out if I'm offered it I don't know and then also with all the Eli shit it just like makes sense to me I think that him saying like thinking at first and then needing to be told dude you got to be the father like makes sense in drew's life like he's kind of just like that kind of guy uh like when it comes to girls like that's just it well that's the thing it's like this is just another situation where like drew had the whole thing with zoe where he's like i'm gonna try and be a good person to girls now and now he's once again not being a good person to girls i think it's just a tough thing though because like you also want to respect the girl's boundary. If she doesn't want you involved, she doesn't want you involved. Like, what are you supposed to say? No? Well, it's not that Claire didn't want Drew involved. She was just like, you don't have to be involved. Yeah, but it didn't seem like an option, the way she said it. Like, she pretty much was telling him that she was doing this without him. I guess so, yeah. Because he had to, like, convince her to let him be a part of it. Yeah, that's true. So I think it's not on him in this case I think it was I think Claire giving him the out and making it sound like it wasn't an option was really the issue but besides that it's like I guess going back to the baby daddy thing it's like the whole reason that Claire and Drew happened last season was so that they would have sex so that they could somehow try to justify the baby daddy drama like we we already said like the baby daddy drama makes no sense but they created Claire and Drew so that they could have some semblance of baby daddy drama. (laughs) Which is so annoying because I was so rooting for Claire and Drew last season. Yeah. And like, it's so clear now too, because the whole thing last season was that Claire and Drew have sex and then Drew dips, right? Yep. So it's like, they they got to what they wanted. They got Drew to have sex with Claire. And then they're like, okay, job done. We could go back to Claire and Eli now. Yeah, pretty much. So that just annoyed me. Yeah, I I don't know. I feel like everything that happened with, like, Drew and Claire was, like, stupidly, like, realistic in a sense that both of them had no idea what they were doing. The only good person that would have been able to raise his fucking baby is Audra. 
Yes. Like, honestly, if that baby ended up in Drew's house, I would feel good. I would be like, this is the right move. Eli's parents, forget it. Claire's mom, psycho. Like, there's just no way anybody else would have been better. And they were going to name the baby Adam, too. I know. But, you know what? They had to get, you know, miscarriage, whatever. That was ridiculous. Well, but that's the other thing. It's like, once Drew finds out that he's not the dad, we get nothing from him. It's like, we don't know how he feels in any way about not being the dad anymore and basically being lied to for months. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't, he wasn't lied to. She didn't know that he wasn't the dad. Right, right. She lied to him for like at least a couple days, but like still, he should not have been in the situation in the first place. Yeah, he was. And honestly, if I had like just found, I would fucking dip. I'd be like, bye, not dealing with this then. But at the same time, it's like Drew was invested. So I feel like he would have felt some type of way about not being the dad, but we don't get anything from him with that. I'm kind of curious too. I feel like he would kind of low-key be like, yes. Like he would like cheer about it or like throw a party. But, like, not say why. I mean, probably at the end of the day. But, like, I feel like there should have been something with him. You know, all all he did, all he did is he yelled at Claire in the hallway for, like, five seconds. And that was it. I mean, which kind of showed how he was feeling. So we can, we can take with that and run. But it just, at that point, when they tell us that he's not the dad, it doesn't matter anymore. Because now we have to focus on Eli. Yeah, which is just dumb. But yeah, like this whole season with Drew for me is just like, what? Because in season 13, he was so, he was everywhere. Like he was so important. Then this season, he's just like, he's a bad boyfriend to Becky. And then he's not Claire's baby daddy. That's really it. Oh yeah, no, he was definitely like the guy last season. Like he was like the star of the show. Yeah, but now it's just like, he's just there. I think he's kind of, he's just like simping for Becky half the time. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like this isn't a great end for him. After all of the growth that he's gone through, like, from the first episode that he came in to now, I feel like they did him a little bit of disservice for this to be his, like, final plot. Yeah, he he just ended with a fart. <laughs> like I said. Fart. That's so funny. I know you said that, but that's like, I just want to hear that again. That was funny. It's like all these characters just ended with a fart. It's like, Okay, we've seen these characters for ages now, and it's just a terrible, terrible ending for all of them. Uh, Speaking of terrible endings, you want to talk about Eli? (laughs) Not really. (laughs) Listen, we talked about him last season, and we said that this is, like, the shell of Eli. Like, this isn't really Eli. No, it was just so out of character. And him acting this way like flat out just slut shaming Claire to her face like he didn't have a fucking relationship with her and like he didn't cheat on her himself right it's like Eli's blaming Claire for this but like why was Claire into Drew in the first place (laughs) because you were a trash boyfriend exactly it all comes down to the fact that once Eli left Degrassi what really should have happened was that it should have been done yes Like, their breakup should have been final, and this should have been over, and honestly, I would have been totally fine with him not even appearing, even if they thought Drew was the dad. You know, like, if Eli just never came back, Mm -hmm. and then they find out Eli's the dad, and then he has to come back, you know? Yeah. Like, he didn't need to be here for all that drama. He did not. But they just wanted to go over the top 
with him punching Drew straight in the face for no fucking reason. I will say it was kind of hot. <laughs> then go, because like I was thinking about this, I was like, who else has Eli fought? He fought Fitz, and that was yeah. when Eli was kind of in his bad era. He punched yeah. Dallas, who deserved it at the time. Yep. So it's like he's just punching Drew because he's jealous. It's like no, that's not in character for Eli. Same with well, Colin I, Claire, a fucking whore. Let me go back to him punching Drew. I think he punched Drew more in the sense, not because he's jealous, but because, like, this man is having a baby with his girlfriend, who was his girlfriend for over, like, it seems like for, for five years at this point. <laughs> you know, like, obviously he can't hit Claire, so he's going to hit Drew instead. So instead of hitting Claire, he's going to call her names. But it's out of character for him to do oh, like I told you, this is like a shell of Eli. This isn't Eli at all. This yeah. is like unmedicated Eli once again. Yep. Yeah, it's like they wanted all of the drama of the baby daddy stuff, but they wanted Claire and Eli to be endgame. Which, honestly, after he said that, I just can't believe that the Degrassi writers wrote that, and I can't believe that his actor was like, yeah, I'll say it. Yeah. Like, like Degrassi tried to have it both ways, and they sacrificed Eli and Claire in the process i agree they absolutely did because there's just no coming back it's almost like by her going back with eli it's like saying that the way that he treated her was okay and it wasn't yeah like eli can be petty like i was thinking about i've been re-watching season 12 so <laughs> i was thinking about how eli was so petty with becky and the musical so like eli can be petty but like eli being so possessive over claire is like season 11 Eli like Eli has moved so past that that it just doesn't make sense anymore absolutely I totally agree that's why I said I think he's unmedicated <laughs> yeah so this isn't Eli he's played by Monroe Chavers but maybe it's actually Monroe's twin who knows oh my god I was gonna say that maybe it's his twin brother secretly in on it yeah <laughs> that's so funny okay but let's wrap this up with the miscarriage well, since we didn't want to have an abortion and we didn't want Claire to actually have a child, why not throw in a miscarriage? Yeah, so that's the thing. Like, timeline-wise, the miscarriage was the only option because if you actually piece together the timeline, Claire wouldn't have the baby until after she graduates. It's not like they were going to write Claire off the show still being pregnant, you know? Like, they were going to resolve that storyline somehow. Yeah, they should have probably just wrote her off pregnant, but whatever. You really want more Claire? No, I just think that if they ended it as they did, like with her pregnant and her and Eli, like deciding that they were going to stay or they're going to like do something else and like, that's it. You know what I mean? And then their baby could have been the new Degrassi reboot baby. I think that would have been unsatisfying, which is why they went with the miscarriage. I think the miscarriage was too much. It was. I think Claire has gone through so much that the fact that there was also a miscarriage, like, how is this girl still alive? Right. That's the thing. Like, we mentioned this last season. Like, starting with the cancer is when they start giving Claire trauma after trauma after trauma. And it's just so much. Yep. It's like, cancer. Your friend dies. Your boyfriend cheats on you of, like, seven million years. And then I don't even know what else happens. You get pregnant. Like, what? Am I missing anything? Uh, She mixes up her baby daddy. She has a miscarriage. <laughs> Yeah, so that's like over five things right there. Yeah. So 
they just gave Claire way too much, and this is just the cherry on top. Yeah. And it was sad. It was sad as hell, and there was no reason for it. Because I know we talked about how the pregnancy itself was written very poorly, and in the context of the show, it didn't make sense. I do think it could have made sense. Because, again, back to my whole spiel about Claire's sexuality character arc, it's like, Claire up to, I guess, season 12. Like, it was building up to her having sex for the first time, right? Like, she yeah. starts off with the vibrator. She's, like, curious about sex. She writes horny vampire fan fiction. She loses her faith in kind of her value that she's placed on sex because her parents divorce. She tries to have sex with her stepbrother, but she doesn't. Oh, my God, stop. I forgot about that. Um, She then does have sex with her boyfriend. It's a healthy first time, thank God. She then, like, gets super horny for Drew and has sex with him. So it kind of makes sense to me that, like, that sexuality arc would culminate in her getting pregnant in the first place. But the miscarriage, I think, doesn't fit with that. I think it would have made sense for an abortion. Because it's like, okay, my whole kind of character arc has been building up to having sex and getting pregnant. And now I realize the consequences of that. So I have an abortion. And now moving forward, I could handle my sexuality healthily. But the miscarriage, I feel, is kind of messing with that. I mean, everyone knows the miscarriage was just a cop-out. Yes, for sure. Like, that's it. Like, that's just the only thing. Watching the show, it was, like, pretty... Like, I was watching, I'm like, if I had watched it for the first time, I think I would have been like, are they actually going to go through with this? Because we're kind of pushing it now, you know? We had all that baby daddy drama. We finally know who the dad is. Things are still not figured out, really. Like, they're kind of unrealistic. Like, is she actually having this baby? Nope. No worries. Now she can do whatever the fuck she wants. It's like, why did we even go through this? Yeah. Why did we do any of this? What was this, a test for her and Eli? They're going to break up anyway. They don't break up, though. Well, they kind of, like, leave it on, like, terms of, like, we'll figure it out, you know what I mean? And, like, that's fine, but I feel like if I was Claire and I did not have to be attached to Eli anymore because I don't have the baby, I'd be fucking out of there. I'd be like, this guy called me a whore, like, 20 minutes ago. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not doing this. You yeah. know what I mean? And you know how much I love Claire and Eli. Mm-hmm. so me saying that I means serious business yeah absolutely uh, I will say like the scene in the car was very powerful though yes that's why I said it's sad yeah like out of context like Aislinn and Monroe killed that episode they kill everything they do together they're oh. like absolutely amazing together yeah so like out of context fantastic episode but given the context of all the bullshit that happened to lead up to that, it's like, I can't even give them much more than you did well acting. Yeah. Because the other thing for me is that Eli has no opinion about the fact that his child is dead. We only see it from Claire. I don't think it matters. I think that Claire's side of it is the only side that matters, to be honest. Like, I know that sounds bad, but I think that this entire thing was Claire's journey. And I don't care how Eli felt. I really don't. He was a piece of shit the entire time. I don't care how he feels about this baby that he, like, didn't even know was his for a while. I guess I'm just thinking in the context of not season 14 and 13 Eli. I'm thinking of the good Eli from 10 to 12, who had his whole thing with death, right? And now 
he lost his best friend and now he loses a baby and he has no opinion about it you know well because it's not from his point of view so we don't know and it's also not eli but yeah do you have anything else for the miscarriage or the baby drama in general I guess I have some stuff to say about it in the context of the end of Claire's arc, but that's for our final thoughts. Okay. So do we want to save your thoughts on that and finish up with a little Allie and Dallas? Yeah. So we're going to finish up with basically the final plots for these characters. So Allie and Dallas have kind of two short plots. The first is that Allie gets into Cambridge, which makes Dallas concerned about their future together as a couple, since Cambridge is in the UK. <laughs> so he ends up getting advice from Shay at the gym to like have a romantic dinner together and stay at a hotel. But Allie says no, because she's worried that they'll have sex if they stay at a hotel overnight. And so Dallas gets insecure that Allie doesn't want to have sex with him. <laughs> Which, when Dallas is complaining about this in the gym, Shay starts to flirt with him, and Dallas doesn't really stop her. But when Allie kind of sees Shay trying to kiss him, Dallas ends up talking to Allie, who says that sex has always been complicated for her and she doesn't want to mess that up, but that she is looking forward to a future with Dallas, saying that she was looking into like maybe some hockey teams that he could play for in Europe or like just otherwise get a job. And Dallas apologizes, he understands, and they spend the night together at the hotel having a pillow fight. And I think Dallas ends up getting a hockey gig in Japan. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So the next Allie, this is after the whole miscarriage, Allie is frustrated with Claire shirking her prom planning duties since they've basically been fantasizing about their prom for years. But Allie finds out from Eli about the miscarriage. So Allie kind of starts to baby Claire a little bit, trying to cut her some slack, and is also confused as to why Claire didn't tell her. So they talk things out. Claire is like, I was kind of embarrassed, blah, blah, blah. And they kind of affirm their friendship and say, like, we're going to be at college next year. We're not going to be in touch as often. So we need to, like, keep that connection alive. And Claire is excited to start doing regular high school things. And from there... Claire is up for valedictorian, the valedictorian spot with Connor and Allie. At first, she doesn't really want to be in the running for it. But when the principal, Miss Pill, confronts her about losing the baby and how running for valedictorian would be a good thing for her to do, Claire gets upset about it because Miss Pill only found out about the baby because of the cameras that she installed in the school and that she's been spying on the students. So Claire ends up using her valedictorian speech to call out Miss Pill's spying to the school and Miss Pill kind of patronizes Claire about this whole thing. So Claire takes a bat and destroys the cameras, which gets her suspended. <laughs> Finally for Claire, she is getting ready to graduate, but she isn't sure about what her plan is after graduation now. That she isn't going to Columbia, she has no idea what she's going to be doing. Eli says that he is expecting that they will just stay at his place in New York and Claire can figure out what she wants to do when she's there. But when Claire, Allie, and Jenna are getting ready for prom, they find Claire's diaries from freshman year. It was actually very cute. Claire's slut-shaming Jenna and calling out Allie about Johnny. Great throwbacks. But Claire realizes that she used to be so motivated and not boy crazy, and she realizes that she doesn't want to follow Eli. So when she tells Eli this, he is upset at first because he thinks that she doesn't want to be with him, 
And then at graduation, Mr. Simpson shows up and gives Claire some advice about embracing the unknown opportunities, since he's just had to do that after being suspended from principal. So Claire decides to take gap year to figure things out. Eli says that he understands and that they will vow to always find their way back to each other and that they'll try and make long distance work. Finally, finally, for Drew, Drew finds out that he isn't going to be part of Dallas's and the, the friend group's prom limo stuff because of all of the drama with Claire. So Drew tries to convince Allie to get him into the limo. However, Drew gets banned from prom when he does a promposal to Becky and like ruins a final exam or something. So Miss Pill bans him from prom and he ends up getting in a fight with Dallas when Dallas says that Allie did not pull through. But when Dallas ends up messing up the prom thing, it's like he booked the prom boat for the wrong year. Dallas asks for Drew's help with making things right. So Drew and Dallas sneak into the school to get some supplies and get the dot ready to have a prom. So the prom ends up going really well. Drew ends up reconciling with Becky after all the drama with her that year. However, Miss Pill ends up banning Drew from walking at graduation for breaking into the school. But Dallas gets the whole gang together to kind of decorate their caps, saying that we heart Drew, which convinces Miss Pill to let Drew walk the stage. There's also a very nice tribute to Adam, and Drew has a nice moment with Audra to close out his character arc. And that is it for this group of characters. Thank God. All right. Jasper, you're killing it right now. That was good. Let's um, close these characters out. Well, I feel like we can go through Allie and Dallas in like a breath. Build up was pretty solid, but then we didn't really get much. So part of me wonders if they just put them together so that we would see Allie more because Honestly, when else would we have seen Allie if she wasn't dating Dallas? So you saw Dallas more than Allie. But I don't know. I don't mind the relationship. I feel like whatever about it, you know. I really like Dallas. Like, I like his turnaround. I think their conversation about college was very realistic. I think his desire to have sex was a little too much. I think it was a little much for me. I was like, eh, I feel like I would kind of dump him if he was, like, acting this annoying about it. But you do you, Allie. And yeah i think i that's i got that got that out in a breath yeah to me it's like ali either should have graduated early in season 12 like she was originally supposed to or she should have like worked things out with dave and they should have ended up together because again i think we talked about this last time ali and dallas had a very great build-up you just said that but once they're together they're just there they're just there to be the plus ones to whoever is having the plot of the day, you know? Yep. So it's kind of, like, disappointing. But, like, the fact that there's no real follow-through on their relationship other than this one episode where they're talking about their plans for the future, it's just kind of underwhelming, given how, given how much time they did invest into building them up to get together. Yeah, I agree. I feel like they kind of do that sometimes with couples, depending on how often they want them around. Like, they usually tend to have, like, they take a back seat. There was another couple that was very similar to this. Jenna and Connor? Maybe. they Jenna and Connor, I kind of wanted to say, like, someone that was bigger than that, though. Was it Maya and anybody? No. Megan anybody? I don't know. I feel like sometimes they do that. They, like, build it up, and then it's like we don't see a lot from the couple. 
but that was classic them. And, I mean, what are you going to do? We kind of knew that they were ghosting Allie out of this season by, like, barely showing her. Yeah, which is why I think Allie just should have left after season 12. Like, her abuse thing, we talked about it, was, like, not really worth it. And then Dallas ends up being nothing anyway. So it's like, she should have just left. I think if someone gave me the option, if they were like, could Allie have left season 12? She would be with Dave, but that would be it for her. Or keep her on the show for another few seasons and have her go through all that shit. I think you're right. I think she should have just left and just was with Dave. I don't think she even necessarily had to be with Dave either. That probably would have been fine since they ended up black holing Dave anyway. Yeah. But it's like, as much as I dislike Dave, like that is Allie's main relationship. It's not Dallas. I agree. They just needed to wrap it up and Dave wasn't around. So, but Dallas is like, I don't know. I like Dallas. I think I have a soft spot for him. Yeah. But Dallas is not good because of Allie. I don't think, I think it's good because of his relationship with Drew. Yes, I love his relationship with Drew. They're such bros. I think he really steps it up and takes spot of like Drew's brother after Adam dies. Yeah, for sure. But at the same time, it kind of feels like, I kind of feel it this way with Zig and Tiny too. It's that Drew and Dallas, they're just trying to recreate Spinner and Jimmy somewhat, but it just doesn't work because Jimmy was his own character whereas like tiny and dallas don't really do much besides be the support for the white boy i guess that's a good point i never really thought i don't know i thought a little bit more of dallas to be honest but i see what you're saying yeah it's not that dallas does nothing it's that like for example dallas has a kid and he has no plots at all about having a kid so it's like the plots that dallas has aren't really memorable in the grand scheme of Degrassi. Yeah. So it's more that he is a good supporting character that is entertaining to watch, but it's not like he's one of the Degrassi greats. Oh, I mean, like, no, he's not. There's not that many Degrassi greats. I would love to consider Allie in there. I don't think Jenna is. I wouldn't put Jenna in it. So, yeah. But yeah, with Drew and Dallas, I did like the saving the prom thing. I thought that was pretty cute how they kind of had a nice little friendship plot to wrap things up rather than Drew getting with Becky for the third time. I will say the only thing that annoyed me is that it was like the same shit with like Drew and Dallas as it was with Allie and Claire, where like Claire was being a crank puss and like wouldn't say why. And like Allie had to like figure it out and like save the day and like do a lot of the work, whatever. And like, I get it was because Claire had a miscarriage, but it was the same shit. Like Drew was like sitting inside, he's like, I'm not going to prom. And then it's like, Dallas had to like do everything. And then like, he showed up and I was like, yeah, right. I get it. Brent has to do everything and then they don't have to do anything. But I am happy to see like Claire and Allie again. I genuinely was like, when was the last time we saw anything like this? Like freshman year, maybe. Right. Like the Claire and Allie friendship story was probably my favorite senior plot of the season (laughs) it's funny how similar they are to like emma and manny in the sense that like claire's emma and like just treats Allie's shitty sometimes and that was the exact same with like emma and manny yeah for sure but like i just love this plot because like on one hand we like never get friendship plots like those are so rare so whenever i get one i will eat it up (laughs) and then like claire and Allie have kind of been isolated from each other for a while now 
Allie wasn't around for Claire's cancer. Claire, I don't think, really helped with Allie's abuse thing. No, that was mostly Jenna. Yeah, that was mostly Jenna. And then Allie was slightly around for Claire's pregnancy, maybe a little bit here and there, but not too much. But Claire wouldn't tell her shit. So it's like, at what part is it Allie's, you know, fault? I'm not saying it's her fault, but like just the fact that they haven't been involved in each other's plots. Yeah. So the fact that this this plot was focused on their friendship with each other. Given that they are the only ones in their class, they're the only OGs in their class, along with Connor and slightly Jenna. But those two, of course, aren't doing anything anymore. So Allie and Claire are the only original members of their class who are still kind of around. Claire, of course, Allie, not as much, but she's still around. So it was just, I, I loved it. Like, I loved how they affirmed their friendship, that, like, they've been through so much together over the four slash seven years that they've been in high school. (laughs) And, like, their friendship, I don't think they're, like, on the same level as Emma and Manny, just because they aren't as involved in each other's plots. But, like, they're still one of the great Degrassi friendships, for sure. Oh, yeah. Definitely, like, top five greatest Degrassi friendships. And so, I guess, just to wrap up Allie overall like she's your all-time favorite right yeah Allie and Manny are like very close when I think about who are my favorite Degrassi characters it's just so sad like they didn't do Manny dirty like they really tried to hold out you know like she was a main character Allie the fact that they just like fucked her up the last two seasons makes me so sad because she just was so good she had the best plot she had this judgy ass friend who ended up screwing her life up instead and like too bad Allie wasn't around to be like fuck you Claire like remember when you were so mean to me all the time but Allie's just such a good character she's a good person like I love all of her horrible male choices like she just is the epitome of learning how to be a human in high school. And I love it. Yes. Like, to me, Allie's seasons 8 to 10 character arc is, like, probably top three Degrassi storylines for me. She's amazing. It's so yeah. amazing. They do such a good job with her, and I just can't believe that they just throw it all away. She ended in a fart. Just this whole season is just... <laughs> Can you name this episode they ended in a fart? Because that's really what this is. It's like, with all of these seniors, really, it's the fact that Claire is the only original member of her class that is still actually doing anything important. Like, yes, Allie, Connor, and Jenna are around, but, like, they're not doing much. Claire's the only person who's actually doing anything. So it's just kind of disappointing. Because, like, even Drew isn't doing too much either. Yeah. And what's crazy is that they were all on student council. Like, I thought there would just be more because of it. Yeah, it's like, where were the plots of, like, Allie connecting with Rocky as kind of, like, his stepmom, right? Or, like, Allie picking which school to go to, because I'm sure she could have gone anywhere she wanted. I love that you said stepmom. Like, you're like, why wouldn't she connect as Rocky's stepmom? I'm like, because she's been dating Dallas for one month. (laughs) (laughs) But what, like... But they're planning to be together for a while, you know? Well, they do have that... Don't they have a scene where they're, like, together? She's, like, with playing with Rocky and, like, the dot? Maybe? Like, it's not like it was a storyline with, like, 
oh, I need to connect with Rocky because I want to be that kind of person for him, you know? Yeah. No, I I get it. I think, honestly, I wouldn't have given a shit. I want more of Allie. Like, I don't care if she bonds with a kid of a guy she's dating currently. Like, gotta be honest. I wish that they were showing her, like, doing more than that. But they screwed her up. Yeah. It's like Allie's last two seasons or whatever, but, like, Allie still has one of the best arcs in all Degrassi. And Melinda did fantastic with her. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. Yes. Okay. What about drew overall with his whole final storyline i mean just what the overall with the prom yeah it was fine it was a wrap-up i don't know like i gotta be honest the end of the season didn't impress me no like there was like i i'm not even trying to be like i don't have a lot to say about it but i genuinely do not have a lot to say about it it just seemed like they went through all these traumatic shit and then they were like oh no we forgot to book the boat for the prom and I'm like you've got to be kidding me Claire just had a fucking miscarriage and now we're like oh no prom's gonna be at the dot it's like what like I feel like I just wrote a roller like Eli just called her a whore and now I'm like doing this (laughs) it's like a roller coaster of emotions like I just it was cute Drew showing up was fine I do want to like did we skip over Claire? Because I really would like to acknowledge the fact that that weird plot about how the principal is watching makes no sense at all. Oh, well, we'll get there in a minute. Okay. Moral of the story is Drew 10 to 12. Like, same thing. 13, 14 Drew is like, eh. Should he have been held back? Honestly, probably not. He did contribute some things, but I think he's kind of the same boat as like Imogen. They could have figured something else out. They just didn't want to. Yeah, I feel like Drew being held back was not as bad as Imogen being held back. Yes, I agree. It's reasonable. Yeah, like Drew being held back made sense at least (laughs) compared to Imogen. And then Drew had some growth in season 13. Like we talked about, it was a little inconsistent (laughs) or a lot inconsistent. But I would say his arc in his extra year is that he learns how to be responsible when Bianca's not around. Which like decent character arc, I guess. I think so. He experienced some serious trauma with Bianca. Yeah. But with this season, season 14, I feel like Drew, like he's just the plus one for Claire and Becky. And that's it. Which is disappointing. Because I feel like I was thinking about the spinner plot where like he's worried he's going to fail. (laughs) And then like Jimmy helps him out. I feel like a plot like that could have been good for Drew. Because a big thing for Drew that I always say is that he's very insecure about being stupid it would have been a good close to his character to kind of overcome that. But like, that's not a part of his character at all in this season. And it's just like, okay, Drew just is going to continue thinking he's stupid. Sure, I guess. Yeah. Like he doesn't even really acknowledge that it's something he needs to work on. So it's just kind of disappointing. Like I'm not a huge Drew fan, but like they they just did all these characters so dirty. They're all farts. Yes. (laughs) Like, we don't even know what Drew's doing after he leaves the show. He I just like, with his mom. Well, did they announce it? At gra- oh, no, because they, like, added him last second at graduation. Yeah. Honestly, he's probably not doing much. Maybe he'll work for, like, Mayor Miles or whatever. No, but he got fired. Oh, right. And that's not even Mayor Miles. <laughs> well, Miles' dad is called Miles. Oh, right. Okay. Go me. Because Miles is Miles the third. Yes. Okay. I was correct. Wow. That was a shot in the dark, to be honest. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, I mean, overall, Drew, it's a loss. I think he started, he really started strong on the show. I think he was one of, at first, I was like, obviously, he was like the cutest character when he showed up season 10. Everybody was like, holy shit, who's this guy, you know? And he definitely became bigger than I expected. He got held back. And here we are now. He was a baby daddy for half a season and then wasn't. So, yeah, to me, it's like, Drew leaving the show, I'm going to be more upset that I'm never going to see Audra again. Absolutely. That is such a good point. Okay, let's close this out with Claire fucking Edwards. Okay. I mean, I already kind of said what I had to say about the fact that that whole ending plot. I don't even understand why they did that. Why did they do that to her? So to me, it was a parallel to Claire's first season where she was rebelling against a principal with oh my god I never even thought about that okay that makes way more sense but what do you mean it it didn't make sense about like the principal spying on her like who cares like why is that the plot sure yeah you know it's like she's leaving the show the principal's gonna be there when she's not there regardless like why are we having her have a conflict with somebody who she's never gonna see again who wasn't important anyway Like, why couldn't she have a conflict with a different character that was on the show longer than one episode? Well, I guess the conflict itself didn't matter. It was Claire expressing her rage or, like, her emotions in general about everything that's happened to her. Yeah, but it was also weirdly about, like, being spied on. And that part of it was the parallel of fighting against a corrupt principle. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I think that it just was stupid to end on this. I think that they should have just cut it after the prom and just left it. Or, like, just left it out, to be honest. It did nothing. What did it do? I guess not much. It did nothing. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) Like, literally nothing came from it. So I was like, why are we doing this? I guess to me, I just really liked the parallel. So that's why I don't mind it. The parallel is fine, but I didn't think about it while I was watching. So I was like, this is like boring. Like, I don't care. I think it would have made more sense for Maya to have this plot. Sure. Because at least she's going to be around to continue it. Like, Claire's going to leave and the teacher's still going to spy on all the kids anyway. Well, Miss Pill doesn't even continue after this. So, <laughs> not even. Yeah, that, that's true too. I'm sorry. I went on that rant. I just really <laughs> needed to get that out of me, to be honest. Yeah. So. Claire's character and the end of her character. I mean, Claire's Claire. She is the character who had the most episodes on Degrassi ever. Yep. Besides Simpson, I think. It's just a roller coaster. She goes from KC to Eli. She gets cancer. She, you know, almost loses her stepbrother. Like, she has every plot imaginable. And I don't even hate her, which is crazy. Because you'd think, I don't know, Emma was like getting on my nerves by the end of the her time on the show claire don't hate her does she make stupid choices absolutely i'm shocked that emma got on your nerves but claire didn't given all the shit that she's been going through the past two seasons i think the past two seasons definitely like ruined her for me a little bit but i just she's one of those characters that i can't hate i think she has her moments but she like is degrassi that's why yeah, like, I can't hate her either. Like, she, she's not even in my top 10, I would say. But, like, you're right. Like, she is the face of Degrassi for this second half of the series. Yes, and that's why you can't hate her. 
Like you just can't. She's just around all the time forever. Of course, like we've both been complaining about like maybe if they toned down Claire a bit, other characters could have gotten the spotlight and would have been yes. good. <laughs> but, Absolutely. But in terms of like her final plot where she like doesn't have any plans and she's like embracing the unknown, that was an interesting end to her character for me because it's mostly just because of this season that she doesn't have a plan, right? Yes. So like Claire's whole thing again is like Claire has a plan for herself and like she always knows what she's going to do. When shit goes down, she like reconfigures her plan. So seeing her kind of embrace not having a plan is like in some ways nice just to kind of see Claire challenge herself in that way, especially mm -hmm. cuz she's not following Eli <laughs> because like she said, she has been following boys basically her entire high school career. But also at the same time, why wouldn't she have a plan? It's like she didn't apply to any other schools <laughs> that she could like say yes to right now you know what I'm kind of okay with her not having a plan to be honest I think that you're right she's planned everything in her entire life and with the miscarriage I think it just put everything into perspective that like life is too short and school isn't everything is really what I got out of it and like she wants to have these life experiences she almost gave up her entire life to have a child and then she didn't have to and she also almost gave up her entire life to move to New York to be with this guy and she doesn't have to. So I kind of like that she's choosing what she wants to do. Yeah, I agree with that. Well, yeah, for Claire, it's like for me, I, I enjoy her like sexual blossoming arc and such. Oh, I know you do. Her, her whole boys thing, take it or leave it. It's like, I like certain, okay, I'll say this. I like Claire and Eli season 12. That's probably it. And I like their development in seasons 10 through 12. Okay. But yeah, Claire, she just has so much. I can't sum her up in just one sentence. And you don't have to, because I'm sure there will be a point where we will talk about her once again. I'm sure. And for Eli, we ignore that seasons 13 and 14, Eli exists. Yep. We all agree on that. But at least, like, I was thinking about, does Eli have an arc for seasons 13 and 14? I was like, maybe it's letting Claire go and not being so obsessed with her and not having expectations for her or their relationship, which is ultimately going to be good for them in the long run. That was very positive of you. I couldn't think of a single thing. Well, because they do end up mostly together. Yeah, it's kind of like a loose interpretation of, like, together. Like, they're still going to talk and, like, maybe she'll visit, but... Honestly, yeah. if there was a sequel or whatever, I would not be shocked if they were broken up. But if they're broken up, then the story would be them finding their way back to each other. You know it. Again, you think? It's Eli and Claire. They're probably the most iconic Degrassi couple. So let's wrap up this shithole of a season. Ooh, okay. Honestly, ranking it pretty low. <laughs> I don't even, I wish I had my list of rankings because I don't anymore, but yeah, not it. This was not it. If my and Zig didn't get together, I genuinely think this season would have been absolute garbage. <laughs> it really is. Like it has a few bright spots here and there, but they're very few and far between. <laughs> I agree with that. That is very true. And it's just so sad that like, this is the end for Claire's class, which is the longest running class of the show. 
So it's just very disappointing that characters that have been on the show for so fucking long get such a bad ending. Yeah, I wonder if part of it is that they just knew that Degrassi wasn't coming back, like, or at least thought it wasn't in that moment. So they were like, whatever, this is it. Right, because this is the end of the next generation, technically. Yeah, they got the short end of the stick. Because also, for the podcast, we've been talking about Claire and, like, Eli and Jenna and Allie since the very beginning. Oh, I know. They're the only characters... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> who who we've been talking about for so long i mean yeah well we took a, a short break in between yeah for talking sure about them. but like but... our second episode was about eli and claire Rue, never forget so, i do love a good eli and claire from season 10 to 12 so yeah the season was not great i'm so excited to get to next class i know i actually kind of started watching it and I'm, like, a little excited, too. Yeah. Like, I remember the start of next class being a little off, but I'm still excited to talk about it because anything is going to be better than this season. I, you know what? Don't hold your breath because I'm sure I'll be annoyed by the Netflix specials at some point. Probably. But... Yeah. Goodbye, season 14. Good fucking riddance. True. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you soon.